You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of Us needs and appreciates all your support. This film, titled Train to Busan Presents Peninsula, is only kind of a sequel to Train to Busan, the Korean smash success Fast Zombies on a Train movie that came out in 2016. They do share the same director, Yan Sang-ho, and writer Park Ju-suk, but none of the characters. So definitely not exactly a strict sequel, as it were, but taking place in the same universe. The title refers to Korea itself, which is a peninsula, and how years after the outbreak that took place in the first movie, they've managed to keep it contained there, but it is a complete mess. This was originally scheduled for Cannes this year, which was canceled. It's now coming out in selected theaters this Friday, which means literally just 150 theaters in in around the country, so... It's probably not coming out in a theater near you, but maybe it is. And it will premiere on streaming exclusively on Shudder sometime in 2021. And I can't rec- I can't say, yes, go to a theater. I won't go to a theater. It's definitely unsafe, even with masks, six separations, however. But man, I'll tell you what, I kind of wish I had seen this in a theater. It's definitely designed for that. It's Escape from New York and Mad Max Fury Road, having a baby, baby, populating it with World War Z zombies, but unfortunately with a $16 million budget. And it really is ambitious and over relies on CG with not even close to the budget it would take to pull off the things that they want to show us to make it look even faintly convincing. It's super ambitious in that Americanized way. You got to admire what it does accomplish, but before we go to any further here, let me introduce my crew. I've got Santiago. Hello, everybody. I've got Bradley. Hello. And I've got Wright. Good day, everyone. So the basic story is, this is years afterwards, there's a Marine, Captain Jung Siok. He's played by Gang Dong Won, who's kind of a big big deal over there. And after a brief, here's what happened to him previously that we didn't see in the last movie during the initial outbreak sequence that ends up basically being the guilt that he carries for the whole rest of the film. He has successfully escaped along with his brother-in-law to Hong Kong, where many survivors ended up, except the Hong Kong people are not happy with them there. They are, so to speak, virulently opposed to this these uh, invaders into their country because they're all like, but what if they have the virus? What if they turn into zombies? Korea is the only place that got hit and they managed to keep it in there. So everyone else is like, yeah, we don't even want to take a chance of that happening here. So he's kind of unhappy. He's no longer part of any military. And this crime organization says, look, there's a truck over there. It's filled with a shit ton of money. We'll give you half of it. If you and your brother-in-law and a team go over there and extract the money. And they're like, that's crazy. It's like, no, you could do it because you remember the rules from the last movie? Well, they don't say it like that because it wasn't a movie in their world, but zombies can't see when it's dark. Big advantage, right? They're totally blind when it's dark. Like, okay, if you do all this at nighttime, you could probably get in, get out, no problem. And they do and everyone's happy and they're all rich and that's the end of the movie. No, wait, 
that wasn't, <laughs> that wasn't what happened. No, I think he missed a couple of things actually. I, I, uh, I may have fast forwarded through some stuff. I don't know. <laughs> no, there's uh, what you would expect. It really turns into kind of escape from New York for large parts of it, where it's like he's kind of wandering through the city and encountering the various entrenched survivors who are there who have definitely sort of managed to survive in a combination of very Mad Max Road Warrior movies, str- strategems, and uh, Escape from New York old style, like making stuff out of garbage. A bunch of local eccentrics, who's some good guys, some bad guys. There's even a zombie fight club, you know, as you do. As you do. You have to prepare for the zombie apocalypse, and what better way than to set up a whole battle royale thing with all of the survivors that you find, which, I mean... I I personally enjoyed the movie not as much as Train to Busan, but like to your point earlier, that there was it was very ambitious compared to Train, train to Busan because it was that was just a you know a bottleneck movie or a siege movie just inside the train and just have to like work within that set and that's about it. This is just taking place in a whole well the city and them trying to figure out like you know how to get the money and then it turns into more of a rescue situation. But there, there's little things that uh, they're definitely stealing from, like definitely um, Escape from New York. Is that mainly the it? Yeah, that that whole part of the movie is just like, oh, well, that's exactly the same thing. <laughs> but I really liked how they, they you could see the the different characters that are living in this little compound that they're they're all slowly going crazy, basically. I actually said to my wife at one point, I was like, why didn't they just say fuck it and give the main character an eye patch? <laughs> I was waiting. I was waiting. That he earns during a fight yeah. or something. Yeah. <laughs> well, the natural evolution of any zombie franchise, and I want to guess they didn't think Train to Busan would be an international hit, but I digress. The natural evolution, as I said, is zombie dangerous, sequel man dangerous, right? That's the way it works. <laughs> <laughs> this only happens in zombie films right it's like yeah. maybe werewolf films but mainly zombies you never see like a jaws movie like that <laughs> i think it's a natural inclination for a director to explore i guess you know what every other director has done when it comes to zombie movies but i i do think that it might be their favorite part because they're kind of just like i feel like they're just djing at this point where I mean, I, I liked the sequel to, uh, I guess, what if, if, if you want to call it a sequel uh, to Train to Busan. But I, I mean, much like you guys have been going on about, it does seem like just like a big, like, smash and grab job. And, and, and pun intended, because it's kind of all over the place. It is. And it's borrowing. It's not just borrowing. It's outright right, just taking whole sections from other really great movies. Hey, points to knowing at least what movies to take from. I mean, and they do it well. It's my biggest problem with this isn't that it's really unoriginal, which it totally is. <laughs> it isn't. We've seen all this before, even recently. It's that I admired this huge amount of ambition and the set pieces. And I hate the fact that they went ahead and did them, even though they didn't even have close to enough money to do them. The, I've seen PS PlayStation 3 cutscenes that looked more realistic than the action scenes in this movie. Well, thank God that they filmed most of it like at night so they can kind of get away with certain action set pieces, uh, mm-hmm. like a lot of the car chase scenes. But yeah, it's they they just wanted to make this world a lot bigger. Like they 
that's the whole point is to show the aftermath of what happened in the first film. And I was kind of taken aback that it's taking place a certain amount of years after uh, Korea was overtaken by zombies. We're like, oh, wow, that's interesting. And they put some, you know, political things going on, which I thought was interesting, world building. And that's what's cool is that at least the, the movie is trying to build this world and they just kind of falls flat here and there with some of the the new characters they're bringing up. I, I did like uh, the lead actor. I thought he was great because, I mean, even towards the, the end, I was like, oh, God, I really hope like he has this arc and it's not just kind of like, you know, has this nihilistic approach of like, well, he he doesn't learn anything or something. And uh, he does. Thank God, uh, which I, I really did enjoy. But as, as Santi said earlier, it's like a lot of zombie movies are like, yeah, yeah, zombies, but people are bad. And that definitely is something that's been around since the Romero introduction of the modern day zombie. This is no exception. Part of the problem is how do you tell a zombie movie without it actually being, I mean, it can't be about the zombies. There's nothing, they don't have it. They're just, they just wander their force of nature. It's like, you know, making a disaster movie that just sits and watches, you know, the thing that's causing the disaster and no humans. <laughs> it doesn't right. have a personality, but like this one really plays heavily into the, into all of that. And yet at the same time feels immensely less interested with discussing ethical issues of human behavior than the first film did, which did it in so much more of a personal and interesting way with the father who had always lived his life kind of selfishly being called out literally by his like toddler daughter, like dad, you're kind of a prick <laughs> and him yeah. learning that the best way for everyone to survive is to everyone to be compassionate for each other. And that this doesn't have that really. It kind of faints at trying to be about something similar, but it never really gives you the feeling like it's about anything but the action scenes. There's a brief stint of that at the end where there's somebody has to make what could be the ultimate sacrifice, but it's very half baked. I won't give it away, but it's, yeah. it's not, it's not anywhere near the emotional caliber that the first movie had because i mean that movie nearly brought me to damn tears it was just like that cool and emotional and i liked it a lot uh not anywhere near the sentiments yet here when you watch this when it gets to that final scene they want to make sure you know you're supposed to be feeling something so they literally uh, drive to your house with an entire string section and play it like <laughs> right on top of your head it's it's also played in like extreme slow-mo the entire time like that last five minutes of the movie i think was at least 30 minutes and it was it was really just like amping up the like you're going to feel the shit out of this right now i'm like okay i i got it i got it and then they do something I'm like oh, okay well at least that they you know finished an arc of a character let's just say don't want to get into too many details yeah that was weird the entire movie seems like they're using the fastest camera speed they could possibly use which I will say it looks cool at some points, but however, it does, it, it's oddly reminiscent of just like any opening sequence to a PS3 game, PS2 game. I don't know. It yeah. could be anything before that, but whenever they slowed down the last part of the movie, I kept looking at my watch. I was like, what's going on? What could possibly happen for this much longer? And, and they, they were like, oh, we've got you, dude. We're just going to slow the whole fucking world down about two times. And then, you know, you can go. Yeah, I, I, there was a, a lot of visual problems there. I, one of the things I, I commented on watching it was like, this driving physics makes even the craziest shit in Fast and the Furious look completely down to earth. Like, it, <laughs> like there's just nobody did the math on the driving physics at all. 
I, I mean, it, like, but old... there's zombies in it too, so we give them a pass. <laughs> well, but you know, it's like one of those. Just because you have this doesn't mean you can't have this. I've always made the argument. It's like because people like to go, "Oh, who cares if it doesn't make sense? It's a fantasy movie. It didn't really happen." I'm like, that doesn't follow for me. Like, that's the mythology. If you break that mythology, I'm gonna be, yeah, that sucks. That's stupid. And here, it's like it's not like they set up well in a world where zombies exist. Cars are magical, right? Because it's still based. <laughs> it's based in the. Because to, to your point, it's based in the real world, and it's as if zombies happened. And like, exactly. okay, well, nothing else is strange or out of the ordinary. It's just that there's people coming back from the dead. And you're like, okay. And if anyone's ever driven an SUV, there's a warning underneath the small mirror flap that says that if you make sharp turns, this car is likely to flip because it's top-heavy. Yeah. And I kept telling myself, I was like, she's driving an SUV. Like, why is she driving like that? This is going to go really bad. And then I had to convince myself that that wasn't a real SUV, but a magical one. Yeah. I mean, you can't make those turns she makes in there in like Gran Turismo with top of the line, like racing cars. I was like, this is insane. She's like, anytime she was jumping a ramp and then hitting uh, the ground, like face four is like, how are all their bones intact? Uh, yeah. Like it makes no sense at this point. Well, that's where it even loses the uh, video game kish to it. Because when you drive like that in a video game, it's usually to see the car explode in slow motion and glorious flames. But she was just so chill about it, too. And I didn't like how the zombies, they had, like, life bars. Some of them could take <laughs> brutal punishment, 50 bullets, and be like, I'm still coming. But other ones were, like, paper mache, and it was so, I don't know. Meh. You know, because it's got that World War Z zombie thing where there's so goddamn many of them and they're so fast that they just like explode out of stuff like like the blob or something like that's pretty fun. <laughs> I'm like, well, maybe some of them got blobbed earlier and they're just like their their tensile strength is down. I don't know. They they do introduce uh, a different kind of zombie, which I haven't seen. I mean, I, I recently played Last of Us Part Two, but. Uh, you know, they introduce some interesting new types of villains in, in that game. And this actually has kind of, well, a blob zombie uh, sort of thing. Like it's something out of society or something where they're yeah. all like m uh, melded together. And uh, it's a just a huge just concoction of grossness and zombies. See, like, I wondered about that. I was like, it was that a new type of zombie or was it did they just sew these zombies together? That that's a budget constraint there because I think that Wright saw a blob and I just saw a bunch of zombies like huddled like kind of in musical chair form. It looked like weird. Like I wasn't sure what was going on. Yeah, there. I, I think they were all supposed to be crawling over each other so rapidly that it looked like one entity. Yeah, it's it's a shame because I think that despite this not still even even if they had, had all the money they wanted to do all these effects, it still wouldn't be as good a movie as the first one, which is so tight and intense and and just well thought out. It's genuinely scary. This film isn't really scary at all. It's just going for fun more. It's like the aliens to the alien in terms of intent. I'm certainly not criticizing yeah. the movie Aliens versus Alien by saying that, but in terms of intent, that's what they're going for. Yeah, it, it also reminded me of like how they kind of switched up things in the like the Wreck series, the Spanish horror films, mm -hmm. where they weren't a horror movie anymore. Now they're almost becoming like action movies. And yeah. uh, you're like, oh, well, I mean... I guess so. I, I wasn't really wanting that, but they, they obviously wanted to, to make something very different, which they did with this. I mean, again, it's admirable in a way. Um, they just, like like you said, like the, the budget and the vision just weren't on the same wavelength and it just didn't come 
across too well. No, it did not. Well, let's go to final thoughts, right? Why don't you go right into yours? Ooh, well, I I did enjoy it. I thought it was still kind of a, a fun ride. I I'm kind of a I forgive a lot when it comes to you know how well something looks if at least they pulled off with some like you know interesting characters. I did like uh, a couple of the villains that were in it. I, I liked what ended up happening to them uh, for the most part, and I did like the lead actor. I thought he pulled off this uh, like guilt ridden brooding type that had to atone for what he didn't do, and uh, and. And finally, like saving the day. The problem is, of course, is that the story is a little loose. There's a lot of like very forced coincidences uh, with characters, you know, showing up and like, okay, calm down, movie. I I get what you're trying to do here, but it's not uh, as meaningful as you think it would be. But um, in the end, I I think that uh, it's fine. It's a it's a fun movie. If if you're a fan of Train to Busan and you're not going to be as, um, you know, uh, pleased uh, with this one, but it's it's still fun to kind of be in this world and you know the this zombie apocalypse happening in Korea and seeing what's actually happening and um, seeing it from different characters' perspectives. But I'd give this movie, um, let's say I would say five and a half. Uh, oh gosh, um, five and a half uh, race car um, RC cars uh, out of ten. <laughs> Bradley. Yeah, I thought it was fun to watch. I didn't think, since I'm kind of one of those sequel buzzkills, like, you guys know this is never going to live up to the original, right? With my black coffee and my falling (laughs) hair. But this was a lot of fun to watch, and I did enjoy that I didn't have to remember much of the old one because I couldn't find it anywhere. I don't have the streaming services for it, so I couldn't brush up on it. So when it was a whole new story, I was like, oh, thank goodness, I don't have to remember Dude, it's on like everything. <laughs> it's on like all of them. <laughs> Not in Canada, that's fair. It used to be used to be on Canada's Netflix, but alas. Hmm. It got a little silly for me. Like I always think in these world of the world of the end, end of the world movies, when someone's like, We gotta get that money. For what, dude? Why what could you possibly even use it for? But maybe <laughs> I'm not. That's why I'm not a criminal mastermind. I guess it's a well, little. Well, keep in nitpick. mind, it's only Korea that ended. Everything else is fine. Yeah, that's true. The ending, it was fine. I wouldn't slam it. I thought it was a little American for, as far as endings go. And what does that even mean? <laughs> I'm going to say. <laughs> Let's go with six samurai sword fights that never happened Hmm. (laughs) Uh, santiago oh gosh bradley that was good um you know i like this heist movie oh wait it's not a fucking heist movie it's a zombie movie um that i i i I did see train to busan I, i thought it was awesome i couldn't stop comparing this film to that film because i actually think that universe that that um this takes place and is actually kind of cool maybe because i really liked the first part and i i I have i have high hopes i'm not you know the falling hair black coffee drinking hater of sequels i actually have high hopes for sequels and i came in with this with high hopes because i very recently watched train to busan which i thought was freaking awesome and this was like a weird um sequel because it doesn't even seem like it's made by the same director uh 
but it was, and here we are. So I won't say a lot, a lot about this film because I do feel like everything has been said, but uh, I will say that this film was funny and it really shouldn't have been. And I'll, you know, say that, you know, it was because of the fact that uh, I found the guy to, the fact that the way that they used lights in this film was kind of just corny and at the end where they were just like uh, running through the daylight after they'd been avoiding it forever so long I pretty much just checked out of this entire film's like logic I think we spoke about how the cars don't make any sense I could go on and on about how just I just kept throwing my hands up during this dang film um, anyway I'll stop complaining and I'll just give it I guess four out of ten um, light wands, you know the ones that they sell at like the 4th of July firework display? You probably won't know what we're talking about Bradley, but they sell ridiculous amounts of like lighting toys that spin and kids find them entertaining. It seems like the zombies find them entertaining in this film. Not so much the kids, not not the kids at all. But, you know, there you are. Yeah, I, I also am someone who's not cynical about sequels when it comes to horror films. Because horror films have a great track record with sequels, arguably better than any other genre. Hell, there's many horror series where the sequels are way better than the original films. So I went into this like, okay, sure, I could totally see this being good. I mean, the zombie thing is is definitely something that we're all starting to agree we're a little exhausted with. And there's running out of new stuff to do with it. And I go, well, Train to Busan did it because of what it did with its characters, but... It was essentially just World War Z zombies, just in a much tighter scope. So it wasn't the the conceit wasn't super crazy original. So what would a sequel look like? And even they seem like with the title, they're not willing to go Train to Busan Two Peninsula. They're like, oh, Train to Busan presents Peninsula. What the fuck does that mean? Uh, it means it's that, a brand now. It's yeah, like- the Train to Busan is like a corporation. It's now a person. So. It's trained with you might see trained to Basan hanging out at your local bar. Hey, train, how you doing? Good to see you. But <laughs> there's new trained to Basan's shoes. I heard so much about <laughs> producing films now. I, I, I. <laughs> this is uh, everything you guys said it was, and at the same time, this is like an all time great bad movie. It really is. This is like so wildly ambitious and so fast moving and rips off so much stuff so blatantly and overtly that it's a riot. I was like this. I want to like this movie as a movie as just a good movie, but it won't let you. It makes so many mistakes along the way, but my God, is it never dull at all for those who are looking for like just the big daddy of bad movie night movies that are going to be super fun to watch. This is, this is that movie. You know, this is like an asylum zombie film, but with a budget. I I genuinely enjoyed watching this while we'll still say it's not a very good movie. I'm going to give this six and a half out of ten really annoyed and impatient UN military people. Impatient? But they waited for like 30 minutes for those people to decide to go. Never mind. I'm not even going to say it because I will spoil it. But that was, I'm sorry, that was ridiculous. They're UN. They're they're pacifists, right? They're like, oh, it's fine. We've got nothing to do. We'll just wait here. I'm sure zombies won't come and overwhelm us with this super loud helicopter sitting here. They're very patient. <laughs> 